<laughs> hey, Lamar. Hi, Tyler. Are you recording, you son of a bitch? Did only... you record me doing the Krusty Krab pizza? I swear to God. I only got like the, the, the last of it, unfortunately. I'm really upset with myself. I didn't even think about it. I, I wasn't trigger happy with it. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Are we starting? Yeah. Oh, well, cold open high. Yeah. <laughs> the coldest of... It's cold now. It is actually chilly. We've decided to unleash hell in California, and now it is frozen over. <laughs> After 10 months of heat, we finally get After 10 months a speckle of, heat, of coldness. We finished Halloween. Now it's time for Christmas. <laughs> this Earth decided to do a little bit of extra on the lawn, you know, <laughs> salt the Earth, yeah. put snow over it. All right, I thought there was more. Never mind. I Already. thought I had more. Honestly, <laughs> normally comedy's in threes, and I just that's you know, true. Throw things out there and do it in one. That's true. Alrighty. Well, Lamar, we have awesome guests and two of my really, really good friends Wait, and amazing guests? people. Very oh, creative. <laughs> Lamar's skyping it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh no, but um, audio's way too clear for that. Yeah. Yeah, we have fan base press here. If you don't know what fan base press is, what are you doing with your life? Also, you're also not listening to our indie comics podcast, so shame on you. And uh, <laughs> but um, yes, we have Barbara and Bryant Dillon. Hello, how's it going? Thanks for having us. Of course, I'm so happy to have you Hello. guys here. <laughs> What'd you say? Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for Lamar to be here. That's, yeah, that's my excitement. Give us your elevator pitch because we'll we'll dive into it more. But what's your elevator pitch of fan base press? Sure. So Fanbase Press is a comic book publisher as well as a geek culture website. Uh, we try to not only promote uh, our own creators and the, the works that they're doing, uh, but we like to support all creators of all kinds, not just for comics, but movies, TV, gaming, theater. If yeah. you're a fan of something, we want to be supportive of. Exactly. Yeah. It gives you a lot, to, a lot of questions to ask later, right? Oh, t- tons. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We'll answer all questions. Absolutely. But before we get into that whole interview aspect... We're going to go to an, un, un, an unnecessary debate question. Oh, that was that's so, alliteration right there. Yeah, I know. I, that was, it was weird for me. I don't know why. I never it's worded a, it's a it lot that of, way. A lot of vowels. A lot of bouncing, too. Yeah. <laughs> but the unnecessary debate question today is going to be, which superhero would crash a Thanksgiving dinner? Just show up to I somebody's house the and be like, hey, great, what's up? I, <laughs> the great good. Gonzo, I think, would be- <laughs> Right, he's the a superhero. Right, true. he's a superhero. Wears a, a cape. Yeah, sure, and, why not? Yeah, yeah, I think I could see him at Thanksgiving. I think okay. that might be. I don't know if it would be enjoyable, but I think he'd be there. Yeah, yeah. I think Beast Boy. I think he's just he's just walking down the street, maybe an animal, and he smells something, and he's just like, "Hey, can, can I just come in? <laughs> I'm Beast Boy. Remember me? <laughs> teen, teen, tight. No, okay. <laughs> can I come in anyway? <laughs> or he'll like be a cat and just like go in through the cat door. Yeah. And then just join in, and then I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> Brian, um, I don't know. It's weird because, like, I want to say Tony Stark because I can see that. I can see that but, so hard. But yeah. it's, but it's all, it's also like, like, can, can, I can see him very casually just showing up, like halfway through Thanksgiving, <laughs> and be like, "Hey, we're supposed to be doing something." Um, but yeah. I also feel like Tony Stark has evolved, at least in the MCU so far, that I also can see him being on the opposite. Where someone else is showing up, and he's like, why are you here? It's Thanksgiving. <laughs> With my family. <laughs> I don't love you, 3000, okay? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I know. The feels. Um, I had a troll answer and an actual answer. My troll answer was the Kool-Aid man. 
Because oh, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He shows up everywhere. He shows up everywhere. Like, oh, yeah. You don't have no sugar. That would be drink. the worst. <laughs> blows, <laughs> blows out your wall. <laughs> He's literally, yeah. Wait. <laughs> You know, I just realized like we have all the like, you know there's a comic book of like Count Chocolate and, and like the, yeah. we don't have one of Kool Aid Man. I feel, I feel as if that's wrong. Something it's one, it might comic? be one of those Mandela yeah. effects, but I feel as if I've seen uh, at least a small smidgen. maybe maybe we're thinking about wrong. Maybe Kool Aid Man is a villain. Oh yeah, Ooh. and the Repair Man is the is the, is good, the good guy. No, yeah. no, Kool Aid Man is a true neutral character. <laughs> he's chaotic evil. <laughs> All he cares about is making sure that he's in the party and that you have Kool Aid. Yes. Could you imagine? Yes. Pe- kids are just chilling, having fun at a pizza party, and he might just come and destroy your house. But what if there's like hostages in a building full of terrorists? Who are also thirsty, yeah. and all of a sudden he goes, "Oh yeah!" and busts through that door, and now the hostages have a way out. Clearly, <laughs> that's true. You know, there is a there's a conspiracy theory that this is how the Titanic sank. It wasn't <laughs> wasn't an iceberg. Kool Aid Man just popped through the wall. <laughs> That horrible no. kid. Unintended consequences. Summoned the Kool-Aid what man. What you don't see is that his sidekick is independent contractor man, and he just <laughs> follows right behind him to fix the wall. We're so sorry. <laughs> They're in it together. He's like, I'll destroy it. You sell them a new one. It's a whole scheme. I really wish... I really wish I was an animator because I just have this picture of the Titanic going away <laughs> into the middle of the ocean, and then halfway through his voyage, the, tit- the Kool-Aid man goes... They don't have enough cooling, <laughs> and he's just booking it across the sea for days on end, running like a flash. Like. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> they thought it was an iceberg. They saw it coming. Oh, it wasn't yeah. an iceberg, though. Well, they hit the iceberg, but that's not what broke the hole. <laughs> <laughs> there needs to be ice for your Kool-Aid. Yeah. No, my serious, uh, my serious uh, answer for who would crash Thanksgiving is Tony the Tiger. No, <laughs> yes, but I would say early Earth Thor. So maybe um, first movie Thor, early into understanding Earth customs. All he sees is this bunch of people Smashing eating. Cup Thor. Yeah, 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 Smash Cup Thor. He yeah. goes, what is this, a feast? Then grabs the turkey <laughs> and just eats it with his bare hands. That makes sense. And then we have to say, hey, Thor, calm your shit. People spend a lot of money on this. <laughs> We're not rich. You're not king here. Well, You're he not... is a god, though. I yes. <laughs> I mean, is he? Because he's like, after a while, who's the god of God? Like... I think he's, it's so he's weird that he's stronger than us. Yeah. Yes, he doesn't have so a god complex. That's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's true. Because he's not like the god. Odin apparently so far is the god, and then even then Loki can kick the shit out of Thor just by going, "Look, a bird!" And he goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, like he's the d- and like, stab. He's at best a large meteorite that we can't stop. Does <laughs> that make it our god? <laughs> there's a there's a chance that Thor showing up at uh, at Thanksgiving is actually Loki. Oh, yeah. too. You know, that guy really sneak in there for... And, and give his brother a bad name. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Thor. I hate everybody and everything. Yes. Give me food. <laughs> Screw you all. <laughs> He's the race. He just becomes a racist uncle, and you're just like, hey, Thor, what oh, is no. happening? He's down. Let's talk politics and religion. Oh, no. <laughs> so about that paycheck. <laughs> There oh is no God. equality. What? 
<laughs> oh man, now I have like this Christmas. Uh, See, this is why I really wish the I had comic a brain. that Marvel will never make. No. I wish I had a brain for stories because I have this thing in my head now. I was like, okay. Loki learns about this thing called Santa. So he decides <laughs> to go mess with children. And then he realizes through the power of Christmas spirit oh my that God. sometimes maybe it's good to be good. He actually becomes <laughs> Santa. <laughs> he becomes Santa. Wow, I would once that. a year yeah. Loki that sounds amazing. The it's just, he's the Grinch, essentially. <laughs> that is. It's essentially a retelling of the Grinch with Loki. You would be a fan. A Loki, a Loki oh Christmas Carol so on Disney+. Plus. Whoever is a comic book person... Imagine that actually being the show. <laughs> Whoever makes comic books, you are allowed to steal this for one one issue, Loki Saves Christmas. Loki saves All Christmas. I request is a shout-out that I heard wow. this at a Granky Gathering. Love it. I love it. <laughs> and Loki's heart grew five times that day. Wow. Only that day. December 26th takes it all back. Yeah. Yeah. The day after, he's like, ah. <laughs> I just want to see like Loki at the store, just like basically buying all the like all the candy and toys for like a dollar, <laughs> just like all right, the discount. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. We're, um, yeah, we're gonna learn more about Fanbase Press and talk a little bit more. Uh, enjoy this first segment of Gamer Culture. Welcome back, gamers and gentlemen, to another segment of Gamer Culture. My name is Kuma, and uh, my co-host, as always, is... Hello, everyone. My name is Jeffrey, a.k.a. Kibbles. It's good to be back. It has been a while since we sat down and did recording. God, it has been. It's, I, we, why did we say, like, two months since I've been on one? No, because I think one to the E3 ones, because I think we got busy around then. Yeah, God, fuck. I hate work and money and having to sustain myself and not just play games all day. And joining us again, one of our favorite guests from the Zombie Corps, we got Falco. How you doing, man? I am barely awake. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a day for you, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I worked overnight last night, and you can only imagine my surprise of going, you know, I just need to get through this eight-hour shift. And then sitting there at 2 a.m. and going, it's 1 a.m. again. And I went, damn it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> it's when I got to get through a, an extra hour. I forgot completely. Oh, God. I know, I know how to feel. That. Alrighty, so everyone who's listening, today we are going to have a really fun little show about our favorite holiday-themed games. And I don't know about you guys, but this one actually took a lot of thinking and a bit of Googling because I couldn't think of one. And then... I found my favorite holiday game ever that I'm really ashamed that I forgot. And then the other three that I found just kind of were like, eh. But yeah. God, when I rediscovered this, I was so excited. Yeah, I mean, I, I had trouble with this too because I'm thinking back of every game I played. I don't think I've played a holiday game because I think I kind of knew if it's going to be like a holiday theme, it's probably not a good game. <laughs> <laughs> if it's you... like shovel, shovelware. Yeah. <laughs> Like I'll play like DLCs like around like like DLCs or something like it's not holiday theme but it's like it was, fits the mood for everything for like the holidays or something like that. I mean, if you really want to see just how few holiday games there are, go go to Wikipedia and just look up Christmas or Halloween themed video games, and it does give you a breakdown. The Christmas list is small, and the Halloween list is just abysmal. Abysmal, yeah. I think there's like maybe ten games on the Halloween one. Yeah, and even then with the 
that's the thing with you can't classify a holiday. It's like it's going to be again like Halloween is easy. It's like any horror game you can play a Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's like what do you quantify as a Halloween game? It's like well, is it spooky? Is it Halloween themed? Do you just play it on that holiday all the time? Yeah, like was it the only Christmas game I could probably got close to and I haven't even played yet? Was say I just bought Saints Row Four, and I know they <laughs> have a DLC called The Saints Save Christmas. <laughs> I haven't yeah. gone around to playing that DLC yet, but when I do, I will now have a holiday themed game to play. See, I I I haven't played too many either. However, I've had the uh, what what you would call, I guess, the joyous, um, accidental running into games that have certain holiday things that either happen during the holiday. Yeah. Or it's just a game that I wanted, and then when I got it, it was took place during the holiday season, and I had no idea until I was already like playing yeah. the game. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, there's a couple. We might of those. have some similar games on our lists then. Maybe, right. maybe. So right off the bat, my my holiday game that is a holiday game. Uh, have you ever guys heard or played of Costume Quest? No, I have not. I've heard of it. Oh, I've heard of it. I've oh, seen boy. it. I've seen it. Okay, it's available. Uh, it was it was free one year on the PlayStation Network, and it's on Steam. It is the only game on PlayStation that I hundred percent at all the trophies. Wow! There you go. It's not a long game. It's not a difficult game. It's an adorable game. It's basically an adventure RPG. Okay. Uh, the first game, the base costume quest, you play as. Um, one of two fraternal twins, you play as the brother, you and your sister are going out trick or treating and she gets kidnapped by these goblin creatures. And then you and your friends in your Halloween costumes have to go around doing quests, collecting collectibles, finding candy and collecting costumes to find your sister. The thing is when you are out and about in the world, like the main character, his costume is he's like a giant mecha robot and it's just like cardboard and cardboard tubes, and like a little cardboard hat. One friend is the Statue of Liberty and she's wearing like a green drape and holding like a like a flashlight. <laughs> um, one God, he's got another friend is in another costume and it's equally like, you know, just thrown together kid costume, right? This, this sounds like what? I, it sounds like the purse dressed up as the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> well when you get into combat then you switch over and the goblins don't look as cute they're like super big and creepy and suddenly your character is a giant robot or is the statue of liberty or is the like whatever they're dressed up as like really awesome and they've all got different powers and different roles everyone's got a special that they're slowly building towards um uh, it it was such a simple game, but just so much fun to play. Uh, it's one of the few games I've bought the DLC for because the DLC was like, hey, it's Christmas themed. I'm like, bitch it. I'll play it. <laughs> um, and then there was a costume quest, too, that I didn't play. And then just found out recently that it is a TV. Sh- it's a animated TV show on Amazon's service. Costume Quest, great game. If you've never played it, it's got to be cheap. Uh, anyway, it's ten bucks right now. Okay, there we go. Um, you buy both, both games for twenty. There we go. Um, for me, it's I just remember something right now. It's not again. I don't. I haven't played a holiday game, but there's like a holiday DLC to a game I enjoyed playing. 
Uh, it's available on Steam called The Escapist. And they have a DLC where you're, you're a prisoner in Santa's village and you have to escape. Santa's the <laughs> warden and you have to escape Santa village. It's not, again, it's not Wait. a holiday game, but they made it for the holidays. Like, we're going to make a Santa theme, like a Christmas theme escape. Who, but are you, are you the elves? What are, who are Kind who of, are you? yeah. You're just a prisoner <laughs> that lives there and then you get jobs by, like, making toys. So, anyway, yeah, you're kind of like an elf. So, Santa kidnapped you, made you into an elf, and now you have to... No, I broke out too many prisons, and they sent me over to Santa's village. What the hell? <laughs> Santa's village is a labor camp? Oh, yes, no. It it's a labor camp. They're, you're in every prison there. Like, any prison you can think of, you're in that game. What the hell? But It's fucking weird. Why? <laughs> okay. I want to play it. What's it called? It's called The Escapist. It's a, it's one of the DLC games. What? Oh, I've okay. I've seen Escapist. Yeah, I know what yeah, you're talking yeah. about. The I island think... is a fucking Christmas tree. This is awesome. <laughs> it's like the second thing I've come to a holiday game is South Park Fractured Butthole because in one part in the game, spoilers for anyone that have never played it, um, they they pass a law in South Park where every day is Christmas. Oh yeah! <laughs> so there's a part where you're in there, and everyone is like, everyone's like celebrating, like, "Oh, it's Christmas!" I'm like, "It's July!" It's like, "No, it's Christmas!" I have a lot of memories from that game, but that is not that is not one of my more more specific ones. <laughs> like, I remember much much of that game. That is not one of the things. So like, yours actually kind of bleeds into one of the things I had my list, and that was any game that has like a Christmas skin during the holidays, specifically World of Warcraft and Overwatch. Uh, yeah. Because World of Warcraft, especially in the last couple of years, they've really gone hard on holidays, especially like holidays where it's like, oh, do you want achievements or like goodies or toys or whatever? Here's this holiday that only lasts one day. You better log on and play that day. Or, hey, it's Christmas. If you uh, if you didn't get those achievements last year, you can get them this year. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff like that. Um, or Overwatch, just with all the holiday skins. Like, yeah, or look, the I already. Skins. It's like I just gave you guys money during Halloween. Now I have to do it again during Christmas. <laughs> so there were two other games on my list uh, that I brought up in chat earlier. Are technically using the Die Hard as a Christmas movie <laughs> argument. <laughs> Die Hard uh, is a Christmas movie, though. So if that is true, then Arkham Origins and Arkham Knight are two of my favorite holiday games. Oh, oh yeah, my... I forgot about oh, that. I forgot oh that's God, during Because Arkham Origins takes place during Christmas and Arkham Knight takes, takes place, place on Halloween. Halloween. Right. Damn it. I forgot about those. <laughs> I played on the games. list because of a technicality. La 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 la. <laughs> What's more Christmas or Halloween than Batman? Exactly. Is there like you a know. Die Hard video game? There is. Probably. There, there we go. That, how do we forget that Christmas? That's yeah, called a go. game. Easy. There's a. It's called a Die Hard trilogy, I believe. Oh, I, see, I actually played it. It was really weird because there's was, our holiday game for the year. It's actually right. really weird because it's split up into three like. Because it was apparently supposed to be three different games, uh-huh. but it it didn't happen, yeah. uh, and they crammed it into one game. But it's really weird because it's three very different games in one oh, game. Oh, like 
one of them I think is third person. Another one is a lot of driving, and then the last part is all first person. Ah, uh. let's see what, it, what there. I know there was more. I'm trying to remember. Oh, him. motherfucker! Um, the, <laughs> the, the Halloween Town levels <laughs> of um Kingdom Hearts. Oh well, of course, yeah. Uh, Tyler could definitely aspire to the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas area of Kingdom Hearts. Fucking Kingdom Hearts Two had uh, Halloween Town and Santa's Village. Oh right, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, and then there is the, there is a Nightmare Before Christmas game, isn't there? I don't remember oh, if I it didn't was any know this good. Existed. I don't remember if it was any good though. I mean, I, the, the Kingdom Hearts is, but I don't know. I don't, about give, the, a sh- I don't give a shit. It's Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm gonna play it. <laughs> What's this for? PlayStation Two. My girlfriend has one of those. Okay, I think yeah, I think we're <laughs> I think we've run out at this point, but. Alrighty, back to the show. And stay cultured. Alrighty, well, I hope you enjoyed the last uh, that last gamer culture. We haven't heard from them in a while, but uh, yeah, our guests. Hi, how oh, you doing? Wonderful. <laughs> so, uh, Fanbase Press, uh, we've covered multiple comics on our indie comic You've show. Been very generous. We we love your comics and and the people you guys surround yourself with. And uh, again, you guys are two very dear and close people to me, and you guys have helped me out so much. And uh, I love you guys. And so I'm gonna start off with that. But <laughs> um, so with that, you guys not only have a website that does press and celebrates geek culture like what we do, you guys also publish your own books as well. So, how did you guys get into the entirety of press to publisher, like, God status? Sure. So, I don't know about God status. But... God status. <laughs> we got an infinity gauntlet. <laughs> um, so, when we started, um, we started with the idea of publishing. We were always creators coming from different aspects of creative endeavors, whether that was theater, uh, TV, and film. Um, and so, we wanted to adapt a story into a graphic novel. We were well into that, but as everyone knows, the art can take a while. Yeah. So, while uh, the artist was hard at work, uh, a friend of ours recommended, hey, why don't you start start building your audience through reviews. You know, each of you just do a review a day, every week, um, build your audience. And we really liked that because uh, for me, um, I always came from behind the scenes. Uh, my older brother was an actor, so I was always behind, uh, backstage, um, and when I came to Los Angeles, that was my intent. I wanted to go into management and uh, talent management. Um, and so I wanted to help other creators do what they loved. And so it became this really helpful duality of the company, which we recognize is unique for companies in our industry. Um, but we wanted to both be supportive of, of, of other people as well as having a platform to tell our own stories. But Brian, let me know if, if any of that is incorrect. <laughs> no, no, it's all correct. Yeah. Oh, good. You're doing a great job. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> We have Loki over here learning all the stuff he's writing. He's, he's making notes. Learn with Loki. <laughs> That's really awesome. Yeah. Though. Wait. So, um, so you were never, so you're never the actor, but you, you love all the stuff. Like you said, you mentioned theater. So, like, mm-hmm. what, what was kind of, what did your brother do? And what, what kind of realm did you? start off with i guess yeah so uh from a very young age he worked in especially theater but did some tv and film and radio work um and so i was just always in that arena i was just always around performers and actors and was so in awe of people with that level of creativity so i wanted to do what i could to uh, provide them with opportunities to give them a platform, even in my very small way of of sharing that talent with the world. That's awesome. What about you? What's your background, sir? Um, <laughs> my background is honestly this very similar. Um, I I guess I was a little more into comics uh, 
than Barbara when I was I was younger, but I also uh, met Barbara in school going to uh, college for theater. So uh, the stage background was shared, and um, there were a lot of similarities to the theater background uh, or theater community um, and the comic community uh, having to do with... Um, honestly, with how little money there is in in a lot of these, that a yeah. lot of, a lot of these things are put on with uh, shoestring budgets. They require a lot, a real passion for it. Um, so yeah, and Barbara and I have just sort of like creatively aligned like that, and and it's grown into what fan base press is. Yeah, which is awesome and amazing. But um, yeah, so I, oh, do you have a question? Uh, I'm really sitting here just kind of being in awe because I, I <laughs> look I. I really love everything you guys are doing because, like, I came from a theater background before I did anything. Oh, well. excellent. I think all four of us came yeah, from a great. theater background. I actually I ran a theater for all of eight months with a budget of 50 bucks. Nice. <laughs> that lasted terribly. And oh, then, no. Um, but, no, I'm just trying to figure out how do you get to a point where you're like, I want to start publishing my own stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's a leap and bound that I... Yeah. That's a scary leap, honestly. <laughs> like it's one thing to like sure really enjoy something, to be passionate about it. And even in theater and other aspects, I understand how to get there, but I have no idea how to be a publisher, and that sounds scary. That's a business and that is a big business. So I guess my first question would be is uh what's the one thing that you would <laughs> tell somebody before they became a publisher that you wish you knew? Well oh, that's a good um, question. Brian, yeah. you take no, it first. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, all right, please, I'll, please. I'll take it first. Um, then I, yeah. uh, you, you know what I would say is that the one thing I would say is that we have lots of advice um, for people that are want to be publishers, want to be creators, uh, self-publishers maybe. Uh, but I was, the thing that I've been thinking a lot about as we approach our 10th year of doing this is that, uh, yeah, I know, um, is that, I feel like we have to – the thing I would like to communicate to people is that we did it uh, a very unique way. We cut our own path, and it, it can uh, illuminate some things for people, but I also don't think anyone will do exactly the same exact thing. And and just so that, to be clarify that real quickly, basically Barbara and I had day jobs um, at the time – Still do. Uh, <laughs> but when we started the pod, or started the podcast, the publishing, everything, uh, we we both maintained uh, full time day jobs. We were also do, uh, pursuing other creative endeavors. I was still per- pursuing a, a uh, an acting career at that point. Barbara was still looking into uh, going into talent management and production, and so things just evolved. You know, naturally, we started out publishing one of our own things and it was a self-publishing aspect almost like we had a we're like we were creating a production company or something to put up one of our own projects and it was through the experiences that we had that eventually that became like oh well we figured out how to do it with these two books and now mm-hmm. someone else is saying hey could you do that with with my book you know right go ahead I, yeah go ahead no, i would agree and lamar that. i think to your question that uh, for me uh, the the leap was that uh, Brian and I were both working at the same company at the time before we started uh, Fanbase Press. And uh, it was a talent management and production company. Um, And I was very fortunate to be in the job that I was because I was working with top 
Hollywood comedic talent. I mean, like Jim Carrey, Will Ferrell, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. On Who are to, the like, people? Just some, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Yes. Whoa. That's another story for another Before day. Before he was Chris Pratt. Before he was Chris Pratt. Um, <laughs> when he was but, Christopher Pratticus. Exactly. Pratticus. Exactly. <laughs> but for me, I I really saw the underbelly of Hollywood and entertainment, and it was not pretty. And so coming out of that, I really wanted to get back to the actual aspiration for working with creative individuals because we loved it and working with people not because it was a business, but because we wanted to have art, we wanted to tell a story and help other people tell their stories as well. So that was my push. So that in a way, that was my leap. Um, but I'm so glad that I did it. And I think to Bryant's point about advice for other creators, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm in no way regretful for the path that we had. And I think that even though not everything was successful, but by cutting our own way and by making mistakes, we had the opportunity to learn from those mistakes. Yeah. And I think that's the most helpful thing. And you did something that you're proud of. Like, I, I have had many failures, but I don't, I mean, I'm not really sad about some things I am, but like my majority of them, I'm not, I, don't, I, I see it as like, yeah, a learning experience. Also, like, you know, I tried and I did this, like, mm-hmm. and it wasn't toxic. And that's what I think, like, what I like is what we yeah. were saying about, like, you know, kind of seeing the, the dark side of the entertainment industry mm-hmm. and then doing these things as you're doing things that you love and you care about. And Lamar <laughs> knows that world as well. God. Um, <laughs> so witty, dude. Man. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, I, that's so cool. I, I didn't know that you were an actor. Okay. Actually, I did know you were an actor. I just, I just forgot. I just, I need to talk to you more about it. <laughs> like, no, no, it's, it's completely fine. Like, honestly, I don't, I don't talk about it a ton anymore. I mean, it's like, there you can find it if you want. I mean, people like yeah. there's a there's a few films out there that I would say don't look for. I, <laughs> there's there's a, an audio drama that I'm very proud of that we did of called the Katniss Chronicles, which was basically a, an adaptation yeah. of the Hunger Games novels yeah. before the the films, and I act in that. But but yeah, it's it's clearly like it, I guess it's something where I love acting. It was once going to be the path, but you I think. And this maybe is the best advice is as a creator, whether you consider yourself as a teenager, like I'm this or I'm that, I feel like we get stuck in these identities and it's as you go through life, you realize like, hey man, you never, you don't know, like it changes as you grow and even now at this age, you know, like in my late thirties, it's not like it's going to stay exactly like this. 10 years down the road, you yeah. know? No, because I, wanted to, I want to ask you guys this because now that I know you've been doing this for 10 years and I just went back in my history of like trying to be in the industry and stuff like that, I I know personally, I feel, I hate the fact that I got into the industry before the big internet and the YouTube boom and what it means to be a actor and performer nowadays because nowadays it's a different game yeah it's yeah. a whole different it's game an influencer it, now like people don't want people don't want messed up crazy actors anymore they want like people they relate to now not just that but like what makes you a marketable person yes. is so much different now they ask about your instagram yeah, followers on auditions how many followers yeah. do you have how many of this yeah because that's instant marketing mm-hmm. that's instant marketing yeah. that's something that I love and hate because 10 years ago I was doing it the old Hollywood way. Headshots, audition, audition, audition. Hopefully the right person yeah, looks at yeah. you and says, let's put you in a movie, give you a hundred bucks. It let's wasn't like happens. you could create, like there is this ability to create content around yourself, but it also becomes this thing of like, 
now there's this additional right. Like, yeah. To, to, yeah. So there, there, but, there's not like many stories of like, oh, I was a janitor at Warner Brothers and somebody discovered me. Like that doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> it doesn't. But like, you guys started this ten years ago when that mm-hmm. that was before the YouTube boom, before the big social yeah. media outcry for all this stuff. Like, what during that transition into what now even being performers or creatives, what was that, those 10 years like being into the new world well basically mobile apps and social media feels is yeah. so important versus being able just to hopefully the creative side shines yeah before, before you answer it did you guys talk about you guys i sorry i also wanted to say you guys also had an amazing panel at la comic-con celebrating your 10 years did you guys discuss this on the panel I don't think we did. No, we actually highlighted on the panel more of the upcoming yeah, anniversary the titles oh, that we did. Yeah, because you're publishing one. Yeah, okay. but um, that's a, a solid question, Lamar. I think um, it was a very different game, and I remember it seemed like a much smaller industry. Um, not that it doesn't seem small, and everyone is very much connected. It, it's just a, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think it didn't seem as complex. It seemed very much like you create the art. You sell the art, you try to get it promoted, but there were only very small specific avenues through which you could get it promoted. Either you had the money to print things, mm-hmm. or if you didn't, I think web comics were somewhat. Digital com- web yeah. comics were big, what were happening. Digital comics Not were yet. great. Right around the corner. Just being introduced. Yeah. Comicsology was battling. And there was a huge fear about it. Something something else. I don't remember. No one knew what was going to happen with digital comics. Was it going to change the industry? Was it going to put comic shops out of business? So there was a a great fear about it. But but yeah, it was definitely a different game. And you really had to pound the pavement. Just in a different way. Because I don't Mm. want to take away from the work that people are doing now to get their name out there and promote their work. But, But it was different. It was a different time. Yeah. yeah, things things have cha- definitely changed over the last ten. Years. And even what what is interesting is social media has changed and how we interact with that. But even um, yeah, even like the last four years, social yeah. media has changed. But the culture has changed entirely. And I won't. I'm not necessarily speaking to it negatively or positively. But I remember when we first started our podcast and like sort of the the geek conversation or geek culture discussions that were going on at fan base press fanboy comics at the time. Um, it was a lot more, I will say, um, uh, inconsequential. I would, I think, you know, like the conversations were like, "Well, who would win in a fight?" Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and now, um, you know, right as we were getting into it, I feel like there were certain sites like Comics Alliance and the Mary Sue at the time was a, was sort of a different beast. Um, and there was a a change essentially in the culture that some of those sites pushed, where it became more. Um, I hesitate to use the word. I don't know polarized. I hesitate to use the word woke because I feel like there's so many connotations that Mm -hmm. come with that. But it was, yeah, where it was like people just started talking about some of these things, like, hey, this doesn't seem right, or this, these characters are are always getting the stories told, or this, you know, I mean, things were happening in publishing at the same time with like New Fifty Two, Marvel stuff like that. But um, we really have pushed into a new environment. I think if you look at like where genre and comics and the discussion is now, it's in a totally different place than it was 10 years ago. And we've advanced very quickly. And it's not to be like, hey, pat yourself on the back or anything, but it's like, we're it having was different time. discussions. It was necessary. You yeah. know? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, in, the, in the publishing aspect of it, have 
what you guys are looking for and like kind of how you not do business, but like essentially like how you essentially carry or um, move forward on something, has that changed? Um, I think that our we've always really strived to be a company and an organization, both as a printer and as a key culture community that is open and welcoming. But I think above all positive, um, I think that's really been important for us, especially having come from the industry and seeing that negativity and that toxicity. Yeah. We wanted to be a place where you could come and feel safe sharing your fandoms, no matter what they are. Um, obviously, we would want the discussion to be positive. Yeah. I mean, we, we want everyone to feel that safety and feel that uh, ability to be welcome. Um, and I think that that has always been in our projects too, but I would say if anything over time, it just got, uh, deeper and deeper into our, our mission and what we strive to do and the stories we, we hope to tell. Yeah. yeah it started out like, uh, as Barbara was saying, I think initially it was just like, Hey, there's enough people that are making their name and geek culture off of like, Hey, how can we tear this down? How can we say this sucks? Yeah. And, you know, and that, that's just not something we were interested in added to, but then, um, I don't know. I, I, uh, again, this is something where I wouldn't want to yeah, get too political with it, but at the same time I'll say like, the last presidential election was a real uh, turning point for us, and there is um, – we didn't agree with all the uh, messages being put out into – culturally, and we, we went and we looked at what we were doing, and it was very much like, well, you know, if stories are important to people. Um, you know, uh, they're really important to people, and so if we're going to be telling stories, we want to be telling stories that have a purpose to them and – resonate with the values we believe in. And so I think there has been in the last five years um, or so uh, a real focus on like, hey, what is the value of this story? Not that it has to beat you over the head with a message. That's not the point. But is it more than just entertainment? You yeah. know? Absolutely. I, I really like you brought that up because I, I, I have this I, – I really love stories. I like really good stories. But uh, before, I, before I did my current job, I was in market research. And uh, we would screen movies and stories all the time to see what people liked. And there would be one or two stories where the winner – the hero didn't win. They lost. Sure. They sure. lost hard. And that's the way it ended. And audiences absolutely hated it. They hated it to the end. Like even uh, Those are like my favorites. <laughs> like even Dodgeball, the original ending of Dodgeball. Yeah, they yeah. lost. They were supposed to lose, and that's it. Um, so the reason I bring this up is like your your opinions on is it important to show stories that don't always pan out? Yeah, because that in America a lot of research goes bad. They hated it. They don't want it. But overseas across the pond, as they would say, there's plenty of stories that like. It just didn't do it, even yeah. though he tried. So, like, how do you guys feel about stories like that? Is it important to show things I, of that nature? <laughs> I'm laughing to Brian right now because I think that Brian and I specifically gravitate towards those stories, uh, not as not, <laughs> not in a like evil every, glee. Every story no, has to be super bleak or anything. We no, like, we like many heartwarming stories. We do, well. we do, absolutely. Um, Stories like The Hunger Games come to mind, stories like Rogue One, where it's it's not about the ending that's mm -hmm. the most important aspect of the story. It's about the journey uh, getting there and the values that you hold to yourself in times of good and bad. Right. And I think that's what's really what we gravitate towards and what's important to well, us. Well, yeah. I mean, I, Barbara's mentioning ones very specifically that we love. Uh, 
Mockingjay is a story that um, we gravitate more to the novel than the movies, but most people really dislike the ending of The Hunger Games because it is very bleak and unforgiving, and it doesn't end with the way that you, the yeah. way everything you think would deserve. You know, everyone's happy and free now. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's the weirdest thing. It's like I'm thinking about all these other movies. Like, you know, Empire is so you know like beloved and like nobody wins in that one mm-hmm. like nobody except for yoda he, he he got he was like i'm here and i'm out bye um <laughs> and but like um yeah it's it's the weirdest thing but then i i look back and look at like, harry potter part one i also don't like most of the harry potter movies but like i really just dislike that movie but i don't know if it's because i really lost i think it was just bad directing but another yeah. one that we really love that people struggle with is alien three which is a very bleak story i like it too and is, and is very the much director's a survivor's cut. story <laughs> But but I think that we it's not every story like that. I think it's what we do find value is and stories like those I think are not only important for young people, but people in general, because while it is good to not get lost in constant like uh like sorrow, sorrow or grief, <laughs> yeah. it is important to realize that to have stories that tell you that message of like, hey, Winning isn't always the important thing. It's how it's it's whether you what you do, what choices define you. Yeah. I mean, another one that comes to mind that I absolutely love is the end of the show Angel, which is basically just oh. the characters being oh. in a in a fight that they cannot win, but no. they're but the message is we we go we to work, we keep fighting yeah. Yeah. even in the face of you know uh, endless unbeatable odds. What are we going to do? Sit down and quit? No, mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's not the message. You know. Such a goddamn roller coaster of a show. <laughs> God. I ended with loving it, but it was some dips in that show's art. It's the weirdest oh thing. I didn't, I didn't know that there was such a huge amount of people yeah, that, that thought that Angel connected. was better than Buffy. Like there's, there, there, there is a, there is a, strong, I don't, there yeah. is a, strong, Barbara, there's a Barbara line, there's that. a line, okay, but no, there, but is, like, there is a, there are great a, moments. Buffy in past season five was hot garbage. <laughs> It had moments. It had moments. <laughs> yes, the musical, the uh, the arc with uh, Don's girlfriend, I forgot her name. Um, that was moments, mm-hmm. but yeah, but, Tara. But, yeah. yeah. So five five seasons to five seasons, I give it to Buffy. Okay. Series to series, I have to give it to Age. I think. I think. Wow. What it, I think. I and I can respect that. I think what's interesting about those two shows is there actually can be a debate. It's not immediately <laughs> like, hey, the original show is better than the. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. both had arcs that was like, oh my god, why? Yeah. <laughs> oh. It sucks because I, I watched them both. I don't remember anything. <laughs> like I remember characters, and that's it. Like it's the weirdest thing. Angel's edgy for a season and a half in the beginning, and then he's fine. Then he has a child, and we all hate that child. And then he gets a company. Buffy becomes the Slayer and has a dad for two seasons. That's great. Then she goes to college, hate that entire arc. Then she gets a sister. That's fine. And then she dies. Yeah, (laughs) that's fine. (laughs) I I just don't. I mean, because I was like, I was always a geek, and like, but at that point. I like remember sitcoms more than anything else, which is the weirdest thing because like I was in like Batman, like Batman and like Drew Carey show and Who's Line, like those are like my three. And Pooh did you Bear. like the British Who's Line or the American Who's Line? I like them both. Okay. I, I love Drew Carey. Like, American and that's okay. British and love both. I I, I think um, oh my god, I forget his name. The uh, the host. Uh, oh my god, Clive Anderson. 
Clive Owen. Clive? Not Clive no, Owen. Clive Owen. Clive. That would be awesome. What was his name? Clive, Clive, Clive Owen. No, Clive. Uh, Clive Owen on whose line? <laughs> was it Clive he, Anderson? He would be hilarious. I, I don't remember. But like, he was cool, but he, he didn't join in. Like, like oh, the no. banter was great, right. but I think it's because they were all friends. Mm-hmm. But like with Drew Carey, it was more like they were friends, but also coming from a comedy background. So he had that whole, like, it was just easier for all of them to go. And also, like, the, the American one... It's just so easy to tell that they cut something because, like, they go, whoever was the editor was so bad. Because you can tell <laughs> somebody said something really, really bad in the middle of a sketch, and they did this hard cut where somebody's on the completely opposite side of the stage. There's about, <laughs> there's about I would say, 30 to 45 minutes of bloopers. Oh, on the bloopers YouTube, are unbelievable. Where it's just God Ryan Styles just yeah. destroying censors. <laughs> oh, we got <laughs> making everyone cry. All the hoedown, they had to do three hoedowns in a row. Oh God! <laughs> that's, but, um, that's such perfect improv. I'm sure yeah. there's so much that they had to figure I, out how to work mm-hmm. around. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I yeah, and I think that the cast is just perfect. Like I think Wayne Brady's amazing. I think everybody. I love Greg Proops. I think him being on it more often. Um, the only person I really wish I got to see more of. Uh, she actually works at Disneyland, by the way. Denny. She was amazing. She was only in three episodes because she said a really really bad word. And they were just like, no. Oh, and wow. um, yeah. Was it the lady in like the orange shirt? She had a bob cut? Yes. Oh. Denny. She was only three episodes? I, I, three That's or why four. I don't know her name, but I know three or four. She is. But yeah, she's she's not after season three. She oh, works at Disneyland sh- right now. She's the woman with the puppet dog. Anyways, um oh. I don't know if I should put that out there. But um anyway, uh and she's she's a delightful person. I met her backstage at Disney a few times. But um Anyway, so w- one last question. Right. Well, not really a question. It's just more about you guys are nominated, are n- or not, we're nominated yes. for best, f- uh, it's, wait, 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 is it, oh, oh my god, god, I forgot oh, what the award this, was. Tyler, you got this. Uh, nope, I, it's, it's gone, it's gone. I believe you. It's, it's early, okay? Nope. <laughs> Do it. It's early. It, it was, I was going to say it was best indie comic? Best web comic. Web comic. That's yeah. digital comic. That's digital, digital comic. Yeah, I, Thank you. Yes. <laughs> hey, 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 not a web comic. Okay, not a web comic. We're going to go back to one. Everyone take your places. Okay. No, I'm exce- the word is digital comic and go. You guys were nominated for best web comic. I'm kidding. God <laughs> damn it, <laughs> <laughs> For best picture. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Best leading actor. For yeah. an amazing book that we read and did on indie comics, but also it's just, it's just unbelievable. And the people in, who created it as well are amazing. So, congrats on like, for being nominated because that is oh, such a big deal for an Eisner, and Eisner's yes. are the Oscars of comic books. Like it's it's a very 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 big deal, and I'm proud of you guys, and I can't <laughs> yeah. wait for you guys to get nominated again this year. Oh. There's no way that you can't because your stuff is so so good. We'll see. Thank we'll you. see. I but mean, there's a lot of good talent. There, out there. Yes. I don't know yes. if I don't know how to vote, but if I could vote, I'll just like I'll just. Be like Florida. Yeah, well, like I, will just, I will just what? throw it out there. If you're a comic creator, you can vote. Yes, you can. Keep your keep your uh, eyes peeled for the Eisner votes. Uh, they usually happen April ish, I would say. Yeah, April May. So, okay, online. I'll, I'll I'll make like a cyanide and happiness looking like way lo- worse looking webcomic. I'll make like three issues and be like, oh, and we then got you're canceled. In, you qualify. The producers yeah. cancel it. Uh, no, um, <laughs> produced by Tyler McPhail. Um, <laughs> Produced by Kyle McPhail. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle McPhail. <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah, so with Keensei being nominated, how has things have kind of changed? On, like, has that changed anything about like how you create these products or the comics from now on? Do you have a different 
We're all about Eisner's now. That's yeah. all. It's, you're, you're how, how are we going to get that Stop. next Eisner? You're Martin Scorsese-ing it, yeah, where yeah, he's like, right. I want that award, and then he doesn't try for, Depart- or for Departed and wins it, and he's just like, after all these movies and all these years <laughs> of trying, and the one movie I just did for fun, you mother... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, I have an addiction, and it's, it's more Eisner's. <laughs> <laughs> no. I got to get the publishing he got. There you go. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Pul- no. The Pulitzer, the Eisner. The- <laughs> yeah, so it's just like in my own infinity. Caldecott. We, yeah. yeah. we combine all of them. Fine, yeah. I'm doing we myself. <laughs> I don't think so. I think, funny no. enough, we did have conversations afterwards of, I think it was our own self-imposed anxiety about like, oh goodness, now that this has happened, is there some new level that we need to hold ourselves to? And I think what we came to is in the end, no. I think we need to still approach every project as we do and still work with every creative team in the same respectful manner and and bring to life the story that they want to tell. Um, So I would say no. I I think the same ethos and the same mission applies to to all of our books as well as the company. I would would agree. If anything, it changed, it gave us confidence that the way that we're approaching things is the way to continue to do it. And um, I think really what, at least for me, what I see the strength of the Eisner nomination was Barbara and I, I mean, we're not, the fan base press is not in competition with other, you know, other publishing companies. We're not even, um, not to talk like, you know, to talk down about ourselves, but I, not only are we not really playing at that level in the same, in terms of like the amount of product that we're putting out each year, uh, we're also just approaching it from like it's not like hey are we what are we going to do to counter this from IDW or this from Marvel it's like well what story do we want to tell how do we want to push the medium and we do have I think that interest of like oh we've been accepted to a new table in some ways we've been you know we are now in this new arena by being an Eisner nominated yeah. publisher but that more gives us the, the advantage of like oh well now people might be looking a tiny bit at us to see what we're doing as well. And so we have a chance to affect the medium and attract or inspire other creators. And I think that's the real, the real strength is like, all right, well now let's, let's do more, you know, like let's take it a little bit further. So, yeah, I, I don't read a lot of comics anymore because it's just, I don't have time. I've read five of y'all's books and I've loved them all Thank so, you. so much. Like I, in the past six years, like, Besides indie comics, like whatever the comic was of the month, um, I just don't get to read comics or even watch TV or do anything really it's anymore. A lot of content. Out yeah, like we're seeing, like I'm seeing Jojo Rabbit. Hopefully, if you're, you're allowed to join, you guys are more welcome to. But I'm seeing Jojo Rabbit, and then besides Joker, I've not seen a movie. I don't think I saw something in July, and I can't remember. But I don't Toy Story. But yeah, Toy Story Four, Joker, and Endgame are like the only movies in Captain Marvel. The only movies I saw this year in theaters. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's hard to when yeah. when you're creators it's hard to consume new media which seems antithetical because you think oh how do you uh find new inspiration you know how do you stay on top of everything but it is it's a real challenge anytime and we talk to a lot of creators in many different mediums and it's always the same of like i wish that i could read this i wish that i could watch this but i just don't have the time and it's it's unfortunate yeah another job right exactly yeah uh, at minimums another 40 (laughs) hours to your work exactly (laughs) exactly all righty well we're gonna cut off to our next segment um and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the, about the future of Fanbase and just maybe just next year. And so uh, enjoy this next segment. This is actually a, an, an additional extra pitch for our new show, Burn After Pitching, with uh, Mike and Andy. And we have a couple other people on uh, guests as well. So enjoy this clip and also subscribe to that uh, 
to that podcast. Loki and we'll Christmas. be right back. Huh? Loki saves Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Hey kids, Michael Tanner here. You'll remember me from some of the Grand Geek Gathering's amazing convention panels and my occasional guest spots here on the Grand Geekery. Well, in the next few weeks, we're going to be debuting a new podcast here on the Triple G Network, Burn After Pitching. Hosted by Andy Nordville and myself, this is a roundtable podcast where creators, podcasters, and comedians from different mediums are challenged to pitch their ideas on a theme or property. And we either build them up or tear them down. All for fun. We wanted to give you guys a sneak peek and hear what you guys think. This is a section from our test pilot where we had podcaster Mike Wood and voiceover actor Jake Inunza. I said that wrong, but we're just going to go with it. Jake Inunza over to pitch a brand new breakfast cereal. And here we go. Uh, I will go first with mine. I have to scroll down to where <laughs> mine is. All right. All right. My cereal is called Give 'em Ups. It's made with rice puffs, pretzel clusters, and roasted peanuts. The slogan is, so good, you'll never give them up. And the mascots are Puff, Twist, and Nutter, who are anthropomorphic versions of the cereal bits. But they act really um, kind of laid back and uh, pretty, much, pretty much just like they're high. It's a stoner cereal. It's a cereal for stoners. Ah, okay. Give them ups. Great. Love it. Whether it's breakfast or 420. <laughs> All right, Mike. Okay. Well, you know kids love their phones, right? And you know kids love cereal. And you know what kids love on those phones? Memes. <laughs> so I've made Mimos, which is just a <laughs> corn puff-based cereal uh, with meme pictures on it. And then it also has words. So on your oh. spoon, you mix, you know, you make yeah. your own meme in your spoon. Oh, and hashtags, your own breakfast of course. Memes. Yes, of course. Hashtag, hashtag marshmallows. Yeah, there you go. All hashtag right. marshmallows. I love I'm it. I'll so glad this is this. not yeah. nude selfie crunch, which is where I thought you were going with this. Uh, as far as the mascot, I just put anything but Pepe the Frog, because that's problematic, <laughs> yep. and we can't have that. Uh, but you can pick any other meme, right? And then the catchphrase is... Cat. <laughs> perfect. The catchphrase is, go meme yourself. Oh, that's good. <laughs> okay, should I go? Uh, or Yeah, or uh, no, Jake. Go, go. Or... I went first last time. Let me go last. All right. All right. Uh, well, my cereal is from the makers of 23andMe. <laughs> Comes 23andMe, the ancestry cereal. Uh, so this cereal is actually, uh, uh, well, the, the slogan is, because you are what you eat. Uh, it's actually uh, they they collect your DNA and you, you send eat what it you in, are. You, you send it in, and then in three to four weeks they send you back a very specialized only you cereal based on your heritage, different flavors. So, all so in wait, X it and is y you eat what you are. Right, you you are what you eat. This no, you great. eat what you are. This is my pitch. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, and and so the it's only for one hundred and forty nine dollars for sixty four ounces. <laughs> Uh, you're able to have a very unique cereal just for you. So ever wonder why you don't slurp the milk? This cereal will help you figure out why. Uh, do you do you uh, uh, do you eat it? Do you fill it all the way to the top and only put a little bit of milk? I mean, it answers so many questions. You're probably wondering about you and breakfast. I I think that's amazing. I feel like this is gonna work. 
My, I think mine is just going to be like vulgar wheat, <laughs> just like a big bowl, Metal, unrefined stone ground. With being Basque and Swedish, I have no idea how those will connect, but they'll yeah. probably fight a lot, and the Basque side will win. Yeah. Now is Look, this, wait a minute, uh, Swedish? That's, that's like, Viking DNA. They can hold their own. Basques. I mean, basically drink wine. I mean, and no fight. disrespect to the Basques, but you know, Vikings. They, they you know, we'll find out. Okay. So there is a one-time fee, like up front, right? right. Well, but I mean, yeah. Could you turn this into a subscription model? You where probably you can could. Continually get your cereal for a twenty-five percent discount. Perfect. So it's a Costco price. Each month, you get like to it. find out. Hey, I'm still Swedish and Basque. Well, it is the perfect cereal, right? Yeah, it's right. made it's for you. For you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're gonna want it for every meal. Absolutely. Well, exactly. For just for breakfast. Well, I mean, for some of this us. This just might be like a, <laughs> this might end up being like a Soylent Green. You know, you just have it for every meal. Yeah. Well. You heard it here first. I want to do the first breakfast cereal for millennials. And if there's two things millennials like, it's ruining things that baby boomers like and hashtag adulting. So, avocado toast crunch. The great oh, taste of boy. avocado toast in a cereal. And uh, my mascot will be uh, Adolfo McSweeney, a magical unicycle repairman with a handlebar mustache, free jar of handlebar mustache wax in every cereal box. Will this cereal be uh, outrageously expensive for millennials and then them to be expected to pay for it on a very, very small budget? Because the the boomers had crushed the cereal industry, making (laughs) it impossible for them to afford any cereal, let let alone a bowl or a spoon. But then they tell them, eat this cereal and pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Possibly. I mean, I agree with all that. But also, it (laughs) seems expensive, but it is locally sourced. Hand-packed by, by each one, lovingly hand-packed by a vegan collective. So, you know, uh, the only downside is that you have to download the app Bowler, where it's like Uber, but for cereal bowls. Because you can't afford your own cereal bowl, so you have to get it's a, true. a Bowler. Yeah. Question, and, how is Bowler spelled? B-W-L-R. Correct. And do Bowler deliver? This is a great idea. Do Bowler <laughs> delivery people wear Bowlers? The Bowler is the bowl. Oh, oh just, my God. So actually, oh, if yeah. you use a well, bowler, you're go. now working for bowler, and you have to like. But you're not an employee. It's you're the not bowler. Employee. You're an independent cr- contractor. Right. Well, yes, but the bowler is also the safety helmet because it is delivered by Unicycle, which is very mm-hmm. on brand. Or, or through Grubhub, Grubhub, <laughs> but it costs. It makes the price like go up so, so much high. higher. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's really like either warm or cold. You know, when you get it, whatever's yeah. worse. Do you have like a pitch meeting ready with General Mills or anything? Because I feel like this is this is gold. Uh, right no, because this is millennial. We are going to Kickstarter it and oh, then uh, right. launch a Patreon. Okay, nice. That's it. You got to do it. Yeah, yeah, you can only get the cereal if you join the Patreon at a certain level. Five dollars and above. Yeah. You can be the one dollar, which is just your supporting yeah, you, the. You just I'll the check endeavor. it out. For five yeah. bucks, you get the cereal. Well, the one dollar is safe for work, and then above yes. that is. Yeah. And then you know, ten bucks you get access to the exclusive serial uh, Discord server. It should yes, yes, it should be five dollars, and then you have access to even buy it. <laughs> yep. But you you yeah. get it four days ahead of the regular people. Let's figure out some of the stretch goals. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I want to do right now. Yeah, what do I get for like twenty dollars a month? Ooh, $20. you get an enamel pin of the box. <laughs> Perfect. Are there different themes of, around the avocado toast on each month? Uh... Now that you say it, yes, there are. <laughs> Maybe out of different uh, cheeses every month, each one. Yes, of course, pumpkin spice. Uh, Maybe like at the $20, $20 level, then you can qualify to be one of the delivery men. 
So you kind of no have to background check. Yes, you have to buy no background yeah, yeah. delivery yeah, yeah. person. You have to go Sorry. to a uh, a co op to get it at a forty dollar level. <laughs> yes. See, this is this is gonna work. Oh yeah, yeah. And hey, we're we're looking for interns. So if you like working for free, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, send me a Snapchat. <laughs> I have to say, your three cereals were all great. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, you know that that little extra that excerpt. That you know what excerpt it was, Tyler. I'll say the extra pitch. And hey. if you like more, please subscribe to Burn After Pitching. Uh, it's a monthly show. And uh, but yeah, so we're we're here back with Fanbase Press, and uh, and Lamar's here too. I do my co-host, my my partner in crime. <laughs> and uh yeah I, instead of playing a game this week we're going to talk about like 2019 it's coming to an end thank god and uh, 2020 <laughs> is now on the horizon yes. so um we all have like really really crazy exciting things happening and i guess yeah like what, what did you guys think but before we jump into that what do you what did you guys think about 2019 for you it was a rough year <laughs> i don't know um it was a very long year. I think yeah. it was challenging for many people in many different ways. Um, but I'm excited about 2020. So I'm going to positively move forward and, and look towards our 10th anniversary next year and be oh, hopeful wow. yeah. for change in the world. Um, was it like for the publisher or are you talking about just Oh, no, personal? just life. Uh, I think that uh, not only our country, but the whole world had a pretty rough 2019. Yeah. Um, so I, I think just in general. I'm, Movies were good. Movies were pretty good. That's yeah. about it. That's a good year. Yeah. That's right. We had Avengers this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was this year. We had Avengers. Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. I mean, there was just a bunch Black of... Panther. A lot of good... Wait, no. No. That was last year. Or two years ago. Two years ago. Sorry. I just it's all love good. Black Panther. It's Black an Panther amazing movie. It was the same year as Infinity War. That was a pretty good year, though, too. That was pretty yeah. good year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we got, in, we got uh, Endgame. We got, we got right, Captain right. Marvel. Yeah. We have a Star Wars movie coming up. Yes. The Indian movies this year were we amazing. We really enjoyed The Terminator. Yeah, I cannot wait to watch it. I don't know how they like how they justified the Terminator being old. Uh, It actually works really well. Yeah, okay. It continues off of the second movie, ignoring all the others. Yeah, they ignored uh, uh, Genesis and um, the other one. Terminator Three, Salvation, Salvation, all of them. Wait, wait, Terminator Three is not canon anymore. Nope. Nope. Wow, that's cool. Oh, yeah. wow, they just jumped ship. Totally. That's fine. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, I'm fine with that. That's essentially what uh, Superman Returns did with, uh, it was a sequel to Superman 2. Mm. Apparently Halloween did this Did something similar, movie, I guess. Yeah. Oh, but that's, that goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> but even watching it, this isn't canon. <laughs> what I'm watching <laughs> is not canon. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. So, um, but w- w- you guys went to a lot. How many conventions did y'all go to? Probably, oh, like man. 12 to 15. Yeah. Probably. I yeah. I think God. something like that. How many? Yeah. What? Did you go to more? No. I went to maybe 10. You... I only go to conventions that I'm part of. Oh, that's true. That's true. That is very true. Or I drag you to. Or I get dragged. Well, no, but you always put me in stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. That. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, God. T- 15. <laughs> oh, did you have booths there or something? Yes. yes. Ah. Yes. They were that too. That makes way more sense. Yeah. yeah. They sell their comic book. They do awesome interviews on YouTube, so check those out. And um, yeah, and they have a bunch of you know just content on on their website as well. 
And they also record some of their panels, and their panels are unbelievable. If you haven't oh, been to a fan base press, I love y'all's panels. I just, I just wish I went to more panels. Like, I, I, I mean, t- I guess I can say this because I tell everybody the only panels I ever go to are like y'all's and Susan's. Oh, thank you. Because it's hard for it's weird when you have panels. It's hard it for is, you to go to somebody else's panel. Um, it, it's just, it's just it's hard it, to get to panels when you're just a, when you do anything at the convention besides going to. Yeah, right. yep. definitely. It's so true. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, I just a quick shout out for y'all's panels, and well, thank and you. Uh, again, you guys had your tenth anniversary panel where you did a lot of announcements and stuff like that. Do you you guys want to do some highlights on some of those announcements? Sure, absolutely. Sure. Do you want me to go for it? Sure. Okay. Okay. Let's get the power. Um, let's get the PowerPoint up. Yes. <laughs> we uh, basically had two big announcements at the panel. Um, we're going to have other uh, there are things rolling out that will be exciting as well for the tenth anniversary. But our two uh, big announcements are. Uh, two new titles uh, for uh, 2020. The first one uh, will be released in January 2020. This is going to be a hardcover edition of Kinsei. It's going to be called Kinsei, the Definitive Bilingual Edition. Yes. Um, so it's going to be a hardcover edition of the book. It has all new uh, cover art by the artist Emma Stein Kellner. Um, a really cool image of of our lead character Lupe looking uh, in the mirror in her Kinsei dress, and uh, she's seeing uh, her superhero persona Q in, I the, love that in the mirror. I love the and there's a bunch of little like things on her desk and in the room that uh, uh, fans will be able to you know sort of pick out after they know the story. But the unique thing about this is it's going to be a uh, hardback, uh, hardcover, uh, oversized edition, and we're going to have, as you can tell from the title. Uh, both the uh, English language and the Spanish language versions of the story. So essentially, you can read through one side. It'll be uh, one language, and it literally flip over almost like a, a flip book. <gasps> oh, that's awesome. Yes. And it'll uh, have the other language on, on that side. We, we had a chance to release it digitally uh, in Spanish previously, and we got a really, really uh, positive response for that. So we're really excited to to share this version. And, and there are a number of other uh, special bonus features like yeah. uh, art prints, uh, special academic essays. Uh, and some... I, if it's all right, I'd love to highlight those people. Sure, please, so go ahead. we've got two forewords for the book. One is by Gloria Calderon Kellett, who is the showrunner and writer on One Day at a Time, the new <gasps> iteration. That's amazing. Yeah. We also... got canceled. I know. But it's back now. It's yes, it back. is. Um, and then Peter Marietta, who is the showrunner and executive producer of Mr. Glacius right now. And he's nice. also done Wizards of Waverly Place and so many amazing oh, cool. shows. Two-time Emmy Award winning. Um, and uh, so they're both doing four words. Uh, as Bryant mentioned, we have an art gallery. We have four Latinx artists who are all contributing uh, artwork to the gallery. We their, have Their version of Q. So exactly. If you are the artist. Lupe is her superhero. <laughs> yeah. We've <laughs> got awesome. uh, Milena Bonilla, Sabrina Trone, Javier Hernandez, and uh, Jose Cabrera. So, all amazing. He's he's such a good guy. And then, last but certainly not least, we got two other, or three other things. We have a letter from Sebastian Kedlecic, who is the creator of Quince, a heartfelt letter about what his inspiration was behind the series. Yeah, you get real insight into, like, what what this book means to him and why mm-hmm. it exists. And then for educators, we have a study guide from Dr. Teresa Rojas from Modesto Junior College uh, about how you can apply Quince in the classroom. And then Frederick Luis Adama, who's an Eisner-winning uh, creator, he uh, also did an academic essay in the book. So, and so cool. as Brian mentioned, on one side, the English version, all of these contents will be in there. You flip it over, you get all of these same contents, but in Spanish. And so I'm going to buy this so fast. One of the <laughs> concepts with this book, too, too, uh, is that uh, 
the physical or the the previous physical edition was very loved by audiences, but um, it's it's a soft cover edition, yeah. and it doesn't always survive the easiest in some of like these classroom or library and, yeah. environments. So like this is obviously something that fans of Keen are going to want, but also it's a great alternative for those who yeah who want to have it in their in their like institutional library for what for whatever purposes or know that it, hey you know what I have a I have a number of kids or readers who are going to want to check that out. This would be the edition plus obviously being able to share it with non-english speaking audiences um so in addition to that that's sort that's uh one of our very exciting titles but that's on sort of uh our ya or or a lighter fair side and we we do have something that is i would say a little more on the for our mature readers as well this year uh, that's yes. crazy exactly. deadpool 3 happening here with ryan reynolds um yes Um, No, we actually have a a really fascinating uh, series that's going to be starting in October of 2020 digitally, um, and then will eventually be a a physical printing of the trade paperback as well. But this is a series called uh, Nuclear Power. Yes. And uh, this is... Um, I don't know. What, you know, I just explained Kinsey. Why don't I let you? Thanks, Brian. I'm yes. sorry. I, I, I realize I'm, I'm, I'm explaining That's okay. everything. I'm happy so to do yeah, it. So first of all, this is written by uh, the creative team of Desiree Proctor and Erica Harrell, who are absolutely amazing. Uh, they both came from the 2017 DC Comics New Talent Workshop. Um, That's awesome. And then we also have Lin Yoshi, who is the illustrator, who also came from the 2017 DC Comics Talent Hunt, but from the the illustrative side. Um, so these three are the creators on the series. It's a six-issue series, and it's ultimately um, an alternate history tale of the Cuban Missile Crisis. So what would have happened if the Soviet Union launched a nuclear attack? And so this comic is set 60 years in the future after that alternate history uh, in the United States, which is now uh, reformed into what they call the American Union, has a very... um, Authoritarian, authoritarian government, yes. and uh, they've uh, it, it has allegories very much to our present political times here in the U.S. And so, a the government has built a wall around the surviving states that survived the nuclear blast to keep out uh, nuclear radiation, and also to keep out what you learn is a, a resistance movement against yeah. this authoritarian sort of government. Tribes, so yeah. we talk a lot yeah. about. Um, sort of allegories towards immigration, towards the right to choose both for women and for people as themselves and, and their ability to have democracy and make choices about the government that rules them. Um, so it's really fantastic. Uh, Lynn, Eric, and Desiree do an amazing job. As, again, it's going to be six issues starting in, in October so that it lines up with the anniversary of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, it's going to be really fantastic. Yeah, I think if you if you are a fan of things like um – Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's Tale. X-Men. I would even say the the HBO's Watchmen series. I think people that are like – there's a lot of things that are in our current pop culture that I think if you're uh, checking it out on TV or comics – that this will sort of be in the same vein and yeah. will speak to some of the same themes and interests that you have. And the characters are fa- fantastic. So we haven't got to talk too much about it. We are waiting a little bit because it, it is a little bit before it come it comes out. But I think people are really going to respond to the lead character of Claudia, uh, hmm. who's just a fantastic, strong, capable, uh, brave uh, individual. And uh, there's a bunch of other characters. I don't want to spoil anything, but... They're, 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 I just I can't wait to share this story uh, yeah. with with audiences. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And uh, we actually interviewed all three creators. You did. Uh, if you are subscribed to our Indie Comics podcast, it's a bonus episode that came out this week if you are if you are listening to this when this came out. So, um, yeah, it, it's a great interview, and I cannot wait for this book. I will absolutely read this book. But, yeah, Maddie and Sylvia talk with the creators. And, uh, yeah, this, this book sounds amazing. All righty. Anything else about, about 2019 and what's coming up 2020 from you guys? Well, um, it, a lot of it we're kind of being um, sort of cagey about. We will have more. Uh, we will have more announcements. I will say self those, NDAs. Those are <laughs> those are the, those are the big ones. I think a lot of the other stuff is mainly we we're hoping to spend twenty twenty kind of looking back at what we've done over the last ten years, being able to bring some of those uh, older titles or some of the other things that maybe we work on that people aren't aware of. Uh, bring them to the spotlight and yeah. feature some of uh, you know we have we have a great staff and con- uh, group of contributors that we work with and we definitely want them to get a chance to also get recognition and 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 people to hear like what they do here at Fanbase Press. So absolutely, alrighty. What's going on with you, sir? Oh, uh, my 2019 was hot garbage. <laughs> oh no, uh, no, he, no. Uh, uh, he had 15 panels at one convention. Yeah, I do. I never start that way. It always starts like, I'm doing oh, six. Oh, it started that way. No, no, no. It always starts with like, you're doing six or seven panels and then No, not at, AL, not at ALA. ALA. I'm only doing eight next year. Good. Yes. They only allowed <laughs> me doing eight panels. Because you were, now, you were like dying. Oh, yeah. I was going to die last year. Um, no, uh, 2019 overall was pretty cool, actually. Uh, a few bumps in the road, but I got to go to Japan and shit like that. I did a whole bunch of panels. Uh, I got to interview some uh, voice actors from Red Dead Redemption. Which, at Long Beach, yeah. At Long Beach, which was the dopest thing. Did you talk thing. to Stephen Palmer? Yes! He's we lovely, know Stephen. isn't he? He's Do fantastic. Because yes. he's a fantastic person. He is wonderful. <laughs> yes, he is. said I had very good questions. Oh, like, Thank nice. Thank <laughs> um, but yeah, um, anyone who knows this podcast, anyone who knows me, I have pretty much the same story. If it's karaoke or comedy, I'm probably doing it in your Los Angeles or Southern Californian uh, convention. Uh, also, uh, the Otaku Comedy Tournament is coming back to ALA, which is a open to anyone who wants to audition amateur comedy competition. Uh, if you win it, you get a free ticket to Anime Los Angeles for 2021, and you get a, a trophy. Yeah. says I'm funnier than you. Nice. <laughs> um, and Tyler is going to be on our row of judges to help get the show rolling. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm also uh, doing Karaoke 101 and Karaoke 102, which I do. Oh, you are? Bring it, bringing them both back? Yes, they asked me to bring them both back for ALA, Good. which I tell people about the history and how karaoke came about. And then give them some vocal, like baby vocal yeah. lessons. Breathe from your diaphragm. Just don't use your neck. Stop screaming. Metal is not something you should do. Uh, You'd be trained for that. Yeah, I'd be trained for that. And then even when you train, it's still going yeah. to destroy your voice. And then uh, I'm producing a bunch of other comedy shows. Yeah, I'm very I'm, I'm comedy and karaoke. It's just me well, over and over again. Well, one of my favorite things he does is make Weebs laugh. Is that coming back? Yes, make Weebs laugh is coming back. It is a live try not to laugh challenge show. So basically, what we do is we have a bunch of comedians. And then we bring someone up from the audience, and then they have three rounds to not laugh or smile. <laughs> and we yeah. failed it. Yeah. Oh, I got, uh, I got it like, what, ten, not even ten seconds, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was, was three tries, too. You were like, okay, give me one more. Okay, we'll give you one more. <laughs> okay, no, you're done. Get off. <laughs> um, Marcellus it, is too funny. 
it was a very it's a very popular show, and uh, we're being asked to bring it back for ALA. Uh, so we're going to do that. Uh, it is sixteen plus, so we're going to oh, have okay, to good. keep our uh, get out of here, fifteen year olds. <laughs> yeah. Please get out of here, fifteen year olds. Yeah. Um, but that's coming back. That's coming back. Um, and that's all I am scheduled okay. for. That is nice. more than enough. That yeah. is more than enough. Yeah. Knowing me, I'll probably jump on a whole bunch of other stuff. I think you have some stuff I'm going to be doing for ALA. Yeah, we have unnecessary debates. Buddy, 18, 18 plus this time, so we can definitely... Yes. <laughs> we're not gonna, just going to go crazy like we did at Anime Cal- California. Yeah. <laughs> Anime, Anime California was wild. That was, that was amazing. Um, I, I think... If Ben, if Ben, uh, my buddy Ben Patton, if both of his got accepted, I'll be on those two. Yeah. Well. And then, my, oh, I'll be on one for sure. Yeah. Yep. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Unnecessary Debates is so different from anime conventions to comic conventions. Comic conventions, everybody's sitting down, everybody's, you know, and, you know, it, it's like, okay, this team goes, this team goes, audience, okay, go. And then anime is just, we just yell at each other. It's, we just it's, chaos. It's the audience passion. screams. The everybody is just you know it's insanity, and I love it so. Much. I just love how a panel could be so different. <laughs> it, no, but the problem is, is every time we've done an anime convention, they don't put us on a pedestal like they like at the comic book conventions. Yeah. You're on a raised stage behind the te- behind tables, yeah. with microphones, where there's some type of physical barrier between you and the audience. Anime conventions, they generally put us in a smaller room. Yeah, there's not much of a barrier, so people feels if they are part of the show and start yeah. contributing rather than to And then not. we yell at them and it's hilarious. It is the greatest. Shut up! And then everybody laughs and we continue on and they shut up. They actually do it. It's great. Like, <laughs> it doesn't... They listen. Yeah. They but, just care. Yeah, so I can say Unnecessary Debates is there and then there's a lot of other updates but I'm going to be doing a live stream and talking about that. I've... That this is all about you guys. So, um, but yeah, I, I guess we're gonna go ahead and end on this. Uh, just uh, again, what is Fanbase Press? Where they can where they can find you guys and everything you want them to know. Sure, you can find us at fanbasepress.com. We're on all of the social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, everything except MySpace. <sighs> I know. MySpace shade. Not no, TikTok. We haven't jumped into TikTok. Yeah. TikTok. Nor Slack. I'm sorry. TikTok. <laughs> Come on, man. Gotta do TikTok. <laughs> gotta, get, gotta get that child yeah. base. Oh, hey, TikTok will be over by days. the time I get on it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what, what's the first convention people can find you guys at next year? Uh, 2020, we will be actually launching Kinsei, the definitive bilingual edition at uh, Long Beach Comic Expo. So All you right. Can find us January there. 2020. Exactly. Isn't January now? I yep. know. They moved oh. it up. Yeah. Oh, January is too crazy. <laughs> where, where can they find you? Oh, they can find me. Hi, I'm Lamar Harris. I'm the co-host of this particular podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Lamar the Con Guy. It's L-E-M-A-R. All you people spelling my name incorrectly. You can find me on Twitter at da one Ninja. That's D-A-1 Afro Ninja. This is the same for Facebook. I also have a Twitter. That's da one Afro uh Twitch, Jesus. I have a Twitch as the one Afro Ninja. I need to figure out what my handle online is going to be. None of it's easy to spell. Yeah. I think I'm just going to be the guy. Lamar, I'm change mine to Lamar the, the Con guy is easy. Yeah, but everyone spells L-A-M-A-R and just like, I can't find you. It's like, no, it's Lemar. I'm the ocean in French. You could be Lemur. Lemur no, the Con guy. No, I am not an adorable sub-Saharan <laughs> African <laughs> ferret. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, thank you guys for being here. Thank and thank you, you listeners, yeah. for listening in. You can check out all of our shows and offerings on thegrankygathering.com. You can also find us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, we're going to be doing a lot more extra stuff on YouTube. 
And uh, yeah, launching Patreon soon. You guys again go to fanbasepress.com, please. Their stuff is amazing. The comics are amazing. Their their press stuff is amazing, and these two are absolutely amazing. And uh, all links and everything will be in the article as well. On also follow Lamar. We'll be working on a bunch of stuff as well. Yep. Um, I've been doing let's plays, and we also have our new show, Burn After Pitching, and we have three new shows coming out next year as well. Jesus, uh, Tyler. I have nothing to do with any of them. I'm just producing now, Fair. and which is great. And so, and um, yeah, you c- so come and join the gathering. Have a great week. The music is also provided by Midnight Shinigami, so check them out as well. And I will see you in 2020. And thank you guys for being here. Thank you. Thank you. G G G. Fan base press. <laughs> 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 do do do.